the last episode was pretty good. We're here for a new one, so let's go ahead and open with the cheers. Cheers. I like that we're not hesitating in the beginning. Oh, we're just getting yeah. right down to it. Krista is bourbon all the way. You are I don't legit. have my simple modern today. Oh, no. Can we, you need to just leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're going to have to shun you for this podcast. I'll sign off I'm, right I'm also now. drinking. <laughs> I have the world's tiniest ginger ale. Shout out to Schweppes. <laughs> Yay! What are, Canada what's Dry in for the win. Modern? Are y'all Water. Oh. Water. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is where the alcohol is. I'm rocking. Yeah. I don't even today. have any today. I just did a really hard workout. So I'm just really trying to get water back in my body because I sweated out of every pore. So what kind of back workout? To, so I was, I did a one-on-one with a, a female trainer that I had never worked with before. It was freaking hard. Oh my gosh. Mm. Was it like hit? It was weights. It was yes. weights, oh. and it was like nonstop, no resting for a full hour. So I am exhausted. Weightlifting is addictive. It's you'll get hooked. It really is so different. And I never ever was a weightlifting person because I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be jacked. I'm Every girl jacked. has that thought. Yeah, and then you true. start lifting weights, and you're like, oh, that's not it. it. Just makes you feel good in your body, and you There's- don't get jacked. It's extremely hard to get jacked. <laughs> it it's takes also, a lot of protein and excess mm-hmm. and calories, but mm-hmm. it's also like, I don't know what you were going to say, Krista, but for me, I think it's so empowering to feel strong. Like yeah. I love feeling like physically strong. So I was just going to say, it's also like very relaxing, just like repetitive motions, music oh, wow. in ears, Different. repetitive motions. I love it. Okay. Y'all don't this feel was that? not relaxing. <laughs> this was not relaxing. This was stressful. This was you stress. Which we've talked about before. <laughs> you stress. So bring it back around. Call back. Okay. I like yeah. that. If our listeners know what that means, then you get a gold star. <laughs> if you don't, then go back and listen to that yeah. episode. Go back and listen. Right Before now. you proceed. But not actually not right now because we want you to keep listening. So <laughs> let's get into today's discussion. Speaking of, we have big news in the world of Taylor Swift. Resident <laughs> Taylor Swift expert, Krista Doyle, here to fill us in. Krista, what's new with Taylor Swift? Guys, I'm into football now. Um, <laughs> that was that was why I put this on the list because <laughs> I think that this is a NFL. NFL definitely did this to like drive awareness and traffic for yeah. something. We'll like, see. Think it's a conspiracy. This is, this is no shade on Taylor Swift at all. If anything, Travis Kelsey should feel lucky as fuck to be with her. Mm. But. I've, I mean, all weekend I've been seeing Instagram videos of like That's all, all these is. people watching the Chiefs. And I put on here, Travis's jersey sales are up by 400%. And his Instagram following jumped by half a million in the last two half days. Half a million people. I think more than that now. I think, I think really? a million at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I checked it, he had like a million. And now he has well over 2 million followers on Instagram. My so, goodness, and it you're probably, welcome. It'll continue. Right? Like, it's only going to get, um, I was going to say worse, but better for him. Better. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I'm 50-50 on whether or not this is a PR stunt. I can okay. totally see it uh, being that, some publicity thing. Um, wouldn't put it past her. She's done it before. But I also like really like the idea of them together, and I want it to be real I, so bad. They look like they like each other. Like For Austin sure. and I were talking about it last night, and I was like, 
I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. Like, they're probably hooking up. She should be. Like, he's very attractive. But, like, in terms of a genuine, like, romance novel-esque type situation, like everyone's chalking it up to be, it seems, like, very clean to me. So I just didn't know what you thought, Krista, our resident T-Swift expert. I'm I'm so into it as a rom-com. Like, I just <laughs> I am. Know. Like, I... I've loved all the social media stuff about it. Like all the videos of him looking like a smitten kitten watching her in the box. It's so good. And I I just love that. Like he was trying to get her attention all summer and she showed up to a game. Like he got her attention. I love that. Some might say it's a cruel summer. I'm sorry. I had to to do it. I had to do it. Thank you. Allie's like, I have a headache now. Could you please stop? Thank you for uh, bringing up our national anthem. Thank you. Um, But what else was I going to say? Oh, I also just think that, like, all the guys she's dated in the past, they've been these, like, very pretentious, like, entertainment industry guys, singers, actors, songwriters. and I just don't think that's going to work for her ever because they're always going to be jealous of her because she's always going to be more successful than them. But like her with this like kind of uh, meathead with a heart of gold athlete. Like I just love that. Golden so retriever much. energy. Yes. Golden retriever energy. Exactly. Exactly. He's such a I good guy. It. Have you listened to him and his brother's podcast? Um, briefly, especially today because they did drop the episode where he talks about her coming to the game. So yeah. I for sure listened. Yeah. So like if if Travis is a gold retriever, like Jason is like the Uber gold retriever. He's like the mm. sweetest guy. He has two daughters and he's like the biggest softy. He like brings them to practice. He plays for the Eagles. So I just oh. I feel like they are just good people. Like their mom has been on their podcast. Like they're very different from her previous. Where are they exes. from originally? Do you know? Does anybody know? Mm-mm. Are they Midwestern? Not know. I think so. I get a Midwestern like energy. They seem yeah. like it, yeah. I get a very Midwestern energy. Okay, so he, this uh, this brings up an important question, and I would love your feedback on this because I had a very intense reaction to when my husband said this the other day. He said that Travis Kelsey is in a different category than like a John Mayer or Jake Gyllenhaal or something like this because he plays sports. Mm-hmm. And to men, sports is like the ultimate, um, like you can't top that. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's something that men view a certain way. And I, I think that that's a hot and spicy take. And I just, my immediate reaction was, I don't know if that's true. Again, I'm not a man, so I can't weigh in here. But have you, have you heard anything about, have you heard chatter of this? Is like sports the ultimate for as far as what, what the male standard is? I, cause I, he said that I was like, yeah, but he's never going to play guitar like John Mayer. And he's never going to like be an incredible actor like Mm. Jake Gyllenhaal. However, he was on Saturday Night Live and he was pretty good. So he is talented. Is is this in the context of like, this is why he wouldn't be threatened by her success? Yes, I think so. I think, yeah. Okay. I think... Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me say, this. the scenario was if he was in a room with Taylor Swift and those two were there as former exes, um, that like he would be the superior person because he's like, the highest tier of success and um, athleticism, essentially. Thoughts? I definitely think there's some, there's some uh, truth to that. I feel like just because like, I think he's has the more mainstream success of the three. Ah. If you were going to compare him to a John Mayer or 
a mm-hmm. uh, whoever else you said, Jake Gyllenhaal. Because like, like yes, people lo- love John Mayer, but I just feel like football is so like mainstream America. Like you said, he's been on SNL. Like everybody might like mm. him versus like not okay. everybody's going to like John Mayer. That's not a good point. That's a everybody's point. going to like Jake Gyllenhaal. Like I've seen maybe, I don't know, three Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Um, not that I've seen all of Travis Kelsey's games, but <laughs> like, <laughs> I just feel like there's more like broad appeal when it I comes can see that. to That's like a, fair point. a very popular athlete. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, before I chime in on that, they're from Ohio. So yes, very oh, classic. Oh, nice. Okay. I can feel it in my bones. Um, I would actually say I, I don't I don't know if I agree with that because I feel like the average American, especially the average woman, besides like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or um, whom I think of, yeah, he was the quarterback at, uh, at Florida. Fuck, I forgot his name very like high level athletes. Like I actually think that most people don't know those niche athletes, especially the ones like Travis Kelsey, who plays, I think he's tight end. Whereas like Jake Gyllenhaal and John Mayer are more household names. Hmm. I do think like talent, you could, I don't think you can ever pick the most talented. Um, I think talent is too, um, I'm at subjective. My words are not working today. Talent's too subjective, but I do think like, I think professional athletes, regardless of what gender you are, are at the peak of their, at like their whole industry because not only are they physically, like literal miracles, the things that they do. Right. I think the NFL players are like at the top half percent of like the whole world who plays football. They have to have a lot of intellectual like prowess to be able to like run the plays. I mean, the books that they memorize are massive. Um, and they have to have like professionalism for interviews. They obviously have to manage a lot of money, a lot of relationships. They have their brand yeah. like affiliations. So I do think an athlete, men and women, I respect them in terms of like professionals the most in terms like celebrity professionals. I yeah. do respect them the most. I think they cover the most bases. Um, whereas John Mayer probably put him out on a football field. He would just be squashed. Yes, um, a- absolutely. Squash. <laughs> Immediately. And I'm sure people would love to see that. There's a lot of people who would really love to see him get squashed. Yeah. But I just thought that that was interesting because I would love to know what like a John Mayer or a Jake Gyllenhaal feels like seeing her with this new person. Wish there was a way yeah. to like be inside their minds and be like, I know. Are they like, oh, yeah. I know. You know what else is funny? I don't, I can't speak for men, but like actors and musicians have to be and tend to be more vain. Like Travis mm. Kelsey and like athletes don't tend to be, va- I mean, I don't know. I'm speaking in major terms right now, but like they already look good because their job requires them to. And they mm-hmm. just have to, they have to play well and like show up and they don't necessarily have to care about how they look every second of every day. I mean, yeah. Travis Kelsey has amazing style anyway, but I think that also puts him above the rest and he probably doesn't even like, you know, that you know, that scene in Mad Men where John Hamm is like, I don't even think about you. Yeah. You guys mm-hmm. remember that? I feel like yeah. that's Travis Kelsey to the yeah. other guys. He's like, I don't even think about you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have bigger things to worry about. I think that, it's like, see, that's the energy. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I think it's like less about the vanity and more about like people, like people like John Mayer and Jake Gyllenhaal, they tend to be just be way more pretentious. And so, like, mm-hmm. even if an athlete is vain, I feel like they're not really p- pretentious. Like, John right. Mayer is all about like what I do is art and everybody else can fuck off. But like, I don't know. I just feel like Travis Kelsey has such different energy. 
Um, yeah. I just like it for her. It's, it's more, more pure. It's so pure and just like more fun. I don't know. And yeah. I love that like after the game, he rented out an entire restaurant to take her to and to hang out with the team. Um, and I was like, fucking finally. Like she always dates these people that she has to foot the bill because she is Taylor Swift, obviously. But like finally, like somebody's like renting out restaurants for her. Like, uh, just I love it. Not that she needs to be taken care of, but it would be nice. Exactly. Just exactly. saying, Travis, Kelsey, take care of her. Exactly. Travis is one of our most avid listeners, so I'm sure he'll chime in. <laughs> Directly into his earbuds, I'm sure. Oh, Airbuds? Yeah. <laughs> That's a golden retriever. <laughs> that is not what's in my ears. I said earbuds. Airbuds. Wow. Uh, see? Bring it all back. Bring it all back to the golden retriever energy. Bring it back around to the golden retriever. Um, in other news, the writer's strike is over. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear that. We'll get um, good TVs and movies again, which is very exciting. Krista, yes. again, please weigh in as our resident former Hollywood <laughs> expert. Uh, I mean, I'm excited that it's over. We'll see, though, because SAG is still on strike, which mm. is the acting side of that. So we'll see how that impacts things. But, yeah, I, it seems like the sentiment is everybody's pretty happy with the deal that they made. Um, yeah. I thought it was particularly interesting, the deal points around AI. Mm. Um, I'm not going to read all the deal points, but essentially it says, in short, the contract stipulates that AI can't be used to write or rewrite any scripts or treatments. Um, It ensures that studios will disclose if any material given to writers is AI generated. And um, it protects writers from having their scripts used to train AI without their say-so. And then I think I also read that, like, um, a studio or a production company cannot make a writer use AI tools if they don't want to. Um, But the writers are allowed to use whatever tool they want if they get, like, permission or if they... um, if they tell the studio that they're using it. So nice. yeah, it sounds like everybody kind of got what they wanted. Um, at least as far as the AI stuff, I don't know like about the money stuff, but I'm yeah. very glad it's over. So we'll see. Yeah. It seemed like AI was a big piece of the puzzle <clears throat> here. And of course it is because it's a huge point of contention for a lot of reasons. Um, I listened to the Elizabeth Banks episode of Armchair Expert, and they kind of jumped right off the bat into this conversation about is it good versus is it bad? So there was some interesting context there. I'm not sure I even fully understand everything that they're talking about, but she was coming to the table from the perspective of a producer and how it can help with the outlining process and speed things up. And it's not, she, I don't think she was advocating for like, we want to use AI for everything across the board, but it will help when it comes to efficiency and speed around the production side of things, mm. which is what we're talking about in the world of content marketing too. Puts $5 in the jar for saying that. Um, <laughs> But it's the same thing. It's like maybe writers want to use this to their advantage. It's just that there's a lot of things that also need to be documented around how far does this go and like where's the line. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Um, Armchair also recently had on, I forget his name, but he started DeepMind, which Google acquired several years ago. Uh, It's an AI company. Um, and they were talking a little bit about it and they were talking about how nobody wants, like everybody's mad that these models are being trained on previous works because they're like, well, shouldn't 
you get paid for that or whatever? Like, isn't that wrong if they are combining different works? And the arguments around that were really interesting, I thought, because Dax talked a lot about how, like, well, the human brain works the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. we create based on, like, taking in other people's work and information and taking inspiration from it and then creating something completely new from other people's ideas and other people's work. Um, I thought that was super interesting, but I feel like I'm like on board with that, I think, because that is how we work and that is how we create. And like, I don't think I should get paid. I don't think I should like have to pay somebody else for creating something based off of their idea. But where, like, where do y'all think the line is with like, the AI is actually being fed this stuff to be trained on it. Like that's the part I get hung up on. Like, how do y'all feel about that part? Like, how do we know what the AI can train on even? Hmm. Yeah. So I did a panel at Columbia university earlier this year. And one of the people there was an, a legal expert who specializes in Hollywood deals and rights and, and all of those things. And she was basically like, Policy moves really, really slowly. Um, the fact that these are being built based off copyrighted material is bad. This is bad news for the people involved because unlike the human brain, these computers remember things word for word, whereas ours is a little bit more abstracted. We combine it with our own personal experiences. We create something new. This is a little bit more mechanical where it's mm-hmm. literally building off of this copyrighted material and then you know, doing the machinations based off of photographic memory essentially yeah you know, word for word yeah. stuff it, and so there's the the artistic aspect in there is a little bit uh squashed i think is kind of the short version she was like this is bad for creators who've worked hard to yeah. copyright material put yeah. out original products but policy moves slowly and the reality is you know kind of shrug yeah. like it's gonna take a while yeah it's tough though because like it is it's not just like mishmashing stuff together. It is literally generating completely new original. It is stuff. Yeah. It's it's so hard. I, guess, I don't know. But yeah, policy. Um, the guy, the deep mind guy, he actually talked a lot about how like policy is incredibly necessary, and we in the states don't we like hate policy and we hate like um, regulation. We think it slows things down and like hinders innovation, but it's just, we need it. And like, it actually mm-hmm. helps. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm uh, cautiously optimistic about the fact that there are incredibly smart people working on that stuff and hopefully yes. <laughs> figuring it out um, to answer Hope our so. questions. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah. Um, Allie, you had an interesting tidbit. Speaking of Hollywood <laughs> about Netflix that's an interesting. You guys signed up for Netflix when you were when you were kids, right? With the envelopes. Kids, well, I was in college, but oh. sure, <laughs> kids. I feel one thousand wow. years old now. Wow! 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 I'm not how, that much yikes. younger. I'm not I that mean, much younger than you how guys. How old were you? Graduated. I graduated in 2011 from college. When, I, how old I mean, were you when you signed up for Netflix, Allie? I don't know. I was like middle school. High school. Okay. Maybe I'm just late to the game. I'm a very late adopter. I am not an early adopter. I will say that. 
I just remember like we would place the order for the movies that we wanted and we had a limit and then you'd go out to the mailbox and it would be there and then you have to put it back in. Um, but yeah, I saw that this week they're shutting down their DVD service. I d- didn't even know that it was still alive, Me to be either. honest with you. But this week they send out their last red envelope, apparently. Um, wow. At its peak, it was sending out over 1.2 million a week, which I do believe because we filled our queue up all the way mm-hmm. every single week. Yeah, um, Kelly on The Office has a whole bit about explaining to the to Ryan how it works and how the queue works. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. And I also saw in the same newsletter I was reading that Blockbuster could have purchased Netflix for $50 million in 2000. And I'm sure they feel mm-hmm. very dumb. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh that hurts. God. That's yeah. pretty painful. Blockbuster has such a, like, warm space in my memories. Yeah. It's like still Friday iconic. night, going to get a, a VHS. We didn't have a blo- a blockbuster. I guess that's did how you have small a family my, video. My, we had a family video. We did, and the, <laughs> it just the last one just most recently closed, like two years ago. It held oh, on wow. for a long time, but yes, what a what a Saturday night! You know, you go get your movie, get a the Papa best. John's pizza. The best. What, what more do you need, really? <laughs> it was that. Um, it was Parks and Rec, right? When she tried to keep that vintage video shop open and yes. turned it into an adult video. I'll always remember that episode. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. A few I years ago, um, I visited the last Blockbuster that's open, and it was Where? so it was so magical. Uh, Bend, Oregon, which is Ooh. in itself a very magical place. Um, but yeah, I was like, God, I feel like with all the nostalgia like stuff happening. I don't understand why they can't capitalize on that somehow. And like know, bring open a few stores, like see what happens. Yeah. Do you yeah. guys even have a DVD player though? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. But they could figure I mean, our com- true. <laughs> our computers don't even have like CD-ROM intakes or whatever. They really don't. Yeah. That is a so. valid, valid point. Thank you. Ooh. That I would dream. also love to go pick out a Friday night movie and get some popcorn and candy, but I don't even know Maybe where it's I would just like put it in. An experience thing, like where you go and you it, it's like a like a pop-up experience thing. I don't know. Yeah. Now we're getting into experiential retail. I don't I don't know who's gonna get in that ball game, but it would be nice. It would be nice to go back. That's for sure. It would hmm. for sure. Um, so what's going on in the world? What have we learned lately and what questions does it raise? Allie, I want you to go first with this Gallup poll that you've put in the notes here. Talk to us about this alarming fact that you found. Yeah. Okay. Well, for some background, I was procrastinating on work today and I signed up for this newsletter called Charter and it every, I don't know the cadence, I think it's weekly. It sends just like a bunch of random data points. Today's was the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift thing, um, the Netflix thing, a couple other things that are on our list. But it talked about how America, America's preference, I didn't look at the sample size, so I'm really not sure um, the deeds of the survey, but apparently America's preference for three or more kids is at its highest level since 1971. And what that means is the people who were polled, about 47%, I believe, said that they would like, so they don't actively have, but they would like, or in a perfect world, would like three or more kids. 44% polled at two kids, and only 3% preferred 
that doesn't add up to 100%, but only three to 5% polled for like a single child household. And like, the, I, who wants three or more kids? Who can afford three or more kids? Like that yeah. to me is not aligned with any of the discussion I've seen on social yeah. media in the last two to three years. I had a question. So confusing. I feel like I know way more people who don't want any kids at all than want three plus. Like that is right. insane. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to dig into to it more later because I'm curious like the – the nuance here because I don't know if it's like we would like three kids but we're not going to have it I don't right, know yeah, if yeah. like unpacked all that and their like methodology but I don't know I mean I feel like maybe like I I have one brother each of my parents only had like one or two siblings so maybe what's coming back around is like just the big family vibes from mm-hmm. like mid 20th century of like having a lot of people around you That also doesn't click with me because people are so isolated now. So I feel like they Mm -hmm. wouldn't want to be surrounded by that many people. But like my husband is one of four. His mom was one of four. His dad was one of seven. Like they had a lot of people around all the time. Yeah. Um, And he even still doesn't want a lot of kids. So it's like, I'm really not sure where this is coming from. (laughs) What do you guys think? Yeah. Very confused. Like, especially the the date, like since the seventies, like it seems like this would be way higher in the eighties and nineties than it is now. I don't know. I'm, this yeah. is baffling to me. Yeah. I'll have to find the email and send it to you all, or we can link it in the show notes or something because it just caught my eye. The yeah. subject line for the newsletter was like, our big family is coming back. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I have to read this. Like immediately. Yeah. It and- is interesting though, because big family energy versus small family energy is like, Yep. Night and day. Yeah. Night and day. It is so different. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Allie, you said you're from a smaller family. I'm from a family. I have one brother and that's it. And then we, like, that's kind of it. Like, it's a very small group. Krista, what about you? I have um, two, I have a brother, sister, two stepbrothers, and Alyssa, my uh, little sister. Um so yeah, I come from a biggish family and then my mom is one of six. So I have, I grew up with like tons of aunts and uncles and cousins. And So what's your take that. then coming from that background? I, Do you want that for you or are you like the smaller? So I, it's, I don't want more than one kid. <laughs> like I just know that I don't, I like barely, like we almost decided not to have kids. Um, but I, I did love the like comfy, cozy vibes of yeah. always the being holidays around. holidays are nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess we were like all in the same town. So it was like that always helps. had cousins and aunts and uncles and surrounded by everybody. Like that was mm-hmm. very fun. And p- there is mm-hmm. part of me that's sad that like my kid will never experience that. Um, but yeah, could not be me having more than one. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Well, I did I did hear a funny thing. I don't remember who the comedian was, but it was like if you have one kid, you're the main attraction, but if you have two, they're like off doing their own thing and mm-hmm. you're like just the chauffeur. You know, you're like, yeah. "Okay, kids, go play." But if you're the only if they only have one, like the kid is like, "Hey, you got to pay attention to me and do stuff with me." But if yeah. they have a, if they have a sibling, like it's a little yeah. bit easier. So yeah, I yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Depends on the yeah. gap, though, too. When I was younger, I always wanted a big family for the same reasons you're talking about, Krista. Yeah. And I ended up marrying into one, and that kind of, like, checked the box for me 
Um, Mm -hmm. Because like my best friend is Austin's cousin. So I'm connected to the family in a couple different ways. And holidays are amazing. Like Austin has, well, I guess I have now like 10 nieces and nephews. So I feel like that's been like satisfied for me. Yeah. And Mm. now that I have that connection or that outlet, I am good. But if we decide to have kids, like I don't, I don't want to have a lot. And if we like, I'd rather find that big family vibe through friends and community like mm. Friendsgivings and like events. And I, I want my friends and my kids' friends to be a part of all of our family stuff too. And I think that's one way to kind of have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> yeah, makes um, sense. Because I didn't have that exposure either. You know, like we were just really a tight-knit family, didn't have a lot of outside stuff. But yeah, mm. I actually just pulled back up that study. It says, Interesting, interestingly enough, the yearning for a bigger family is particularly pronounced in the younger generations with 52% of those aged 18 to 29 idealizing a family of three or more kids, despite most huh. not having any children yet. And I, I think that that's probably pretty indicative of social media and COVID and not having any oh, hum- and human. And feeling lonely. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I also wonder how much like mass media influences that, like seeing sitcoms where they have big families. And again, like yeah. we all grew up seeing that too, where it's a house of like, six to eight people and you're like, oh, this is what a family looks like. You don't see a lot of kind of small type families represented in TV and movies. Have y'all ever seen Parenthood? Yes. See, that's always what I think of. Like the idyllic family. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, like every time I would, I've rewatched it a few times and every time I'm like, if I could just, if they could just come out adults. Yes. I'd have like four. Yeah, but like, you could just yeah. get oh to my being a God. grandparent. I yeah. say that. No, yeah. I that say that all nice. the time. Yeah. It's like, can I just birth a 10-year-old? Like <laughs> yes. a really cool, a really cool 10-year-old with yeah. like the weirdest hobbies and the weirdest yes. friends. And we just yeah, like yeah. hang out. Absolutely would have That's multiple. It. But Same like here. zero to like six or seven or eight years old. I'm like, what do I do with you? How do I talk to you? <laughs> mm-hmm. How do I? Do you know how to pee in a toilet? How do I protect you? <laughs> But like, I, yeah, yeah. Please don't yeah. die. Yeah. Please don't die. <laughs> if I didn't have Austin, who's an elementary school teacher, I would that helps. be just at a loss. Yeah. Just at a loss. That helps a lot. Yeah. Man, wild. Um, shifting gears a little bit, I was watching a YouTube video on one of my favorite channels of all time. It's called Veritasium. He's a science nerd. I think his name is Derek. I'm not sure. Sorry if that's wrong. But his most recent video, or one of his most recent videos, was about nuclear weapons and all the times we've almost blown up the world. And it was just all of these crazy things of like um, a socket wrench, a piece of it fell and it got there was a nuclear weapon stored underground and it punched a hole in the tank by the time it hit the ground. And so the fuel leaked into the ground and then the thing blew up and they had to put a 20 foot slab of concrete over it in the middle of this field in the middle of somewhere in America to cover it up so it didn't blow up. There's so many times that we have become so, so close to either like a worldwide situation because of an accident related to like an airplane that was fueling in the sky. The refueling plane hits the wing, the plane crashes, the thing blows up. It's all an accident. None of it was an intentional thing. And so this just makes me think about like nuclear weapons as a whole. Again, we're going from having a family to (laughs) nuclear weapons, which feels a little bit classic. Clear segue. This is what it's like to hang out with me. But anyways, I just think that this is really interesting conversation about like 
nuclear weapons in general, just having them exist is such a risk, let alone transporting them, storing them, all of these things. And I was glad to see that towards the end of the video, they show the graph of how nuclear weapons across the, the world have gone down over time, but they're not non-existent. And I think that raises the question of like nuclear weapons in general are dangerous. And I think that that's kind of a duh thing, but it's not something that people talk about really. And so this video was just super interesting and I had never, it's called a broken arrow event when something like this happens. And I didn't realize how many there had been, even in re recent history, like over the last 50 years, there've been a lot of super close calls. And of course with Oppenheimer coming out this summer, it's like top of mind. I'm sure that that's what inspired the video, but yeah, just wild stuff. We will, I'll have to link it in the comments for this one, but definitely worth watching. It's kind of shorter form and was just like, whoa, I had no idea. Yeah, I don't really understand how something absolutely catastrophic hasn't happened. I, I know, it kind of is mind boggling. Because like, we're so, I feel like humans, we're so smart, but we're also so dumb. And so dumb. make the dumbest mistakes. Like how are and any of us happen. still here? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. like the the thing falling off the wrench and it creating this ripple effect is just like, oh my gosh. It's terrifying. It's so dangerous just for these things to exist. So yeah. Yeah. Wild. I have not Man, seen they're... Oppenheimer. So I haven't oh. either. I feel like so have you guys ever watched the documentary called Three Mile Island on Netflix? Nope. No, it's but I've heard it. of Three Mile I would Island. Definitely watch it. It's I think a three episode, um, three episode documentary or mini series, and it's about like a nuclear plant meltdown. Mm -hmm. And so it, there was like local radiation poisoning and it goes all into the weeds of like, what were the fail safes? Like how was like the process and the structure of the building set up? Who were the players? What was happening? Who was being like purposely neglectful for money and who wasn't? Mm. Like who were the whistleblowers? Um, how could it have gotten worse? Like they still evacuated, but not soon enough. So there's a lot of people that are sick. So I would definitely watch it. It was really eye-opening. I think, I mean, obviously it happened a while ago, but like, man, it was crazy. And it was one of those things like, I think it was a matter of hours before an explosion, like that kind of thing. So people Man. are smart, but people are also dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it was and wild. I, I want to hop in and say that I am not against nuclear power. I think that that is a renewable source of energy and I'm going to get off my soapbox in just a second. But again, to the point of like, there's negligence and there's like bad motives behind these things and there's not enough fail safes and all these things. I think that it could be a good thing, but there's just not enough um, protection in place. There's not enough security and like a backup to the backup to the backup because these things mm. can work and can be useful, especially in the context of energy rather than a weapon. It's just a matter of, oh my gosh, like this is really dangerous stuff. We have to be extremely careful and nobody can be negligent ever. So I, again, I just, I don't know if that's human nature. I don't know if that's ever going to be realistic. Mm. I know. I don't think it will like humans just fuck up. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully fail safe after fail safe after fail safe. <laughs> um, who put in the weird money makers? Let's talk about these. Weird I money did. Allie. I did. This is a culmination of some Instagram scrolling, trying to not focus on all the things I have to do. I'm currently looking up how to pronounce this. So one second, please. Mm, yes. I didn't know how to say that word. Either. Okay. So I just love when like, 
tourist places, like tourist towns or places make money off of like either stupid or um, greedy people or just a happenstance, right? Like a trend or something. Um, I'll start with the second one. Up in Sleeping Bear Dunes, Michigan, it's one of the two um, national parks that have these massive sand dunes and you can drive on them. So my family's been up there a couple of times. We've rented dune buggies and you can jump off like all of these. It's actually like really fun. I felt like I was a kid driving around in Hot Wheels. I would Google it. It's called Sleeping Bear Dunes. Um, actually a lot of Lake Michigan has like natural sand dunes. Um, but there's apparently this massive sand dune and you can go down it to the lake and you have to climb back up. And it's about 90 degrees and it's like very steep, very difficult. And if you can't get out, it costs $3,000 to be rescued. And there's a lot of signage, like well before you even make the trek to, to let you know, oh. like, don't go down unless you can come back up on your own or you'll pay $3,000 kind of thing. But apparently every summer, like over a thousand, <laughs> over a thousand people don't make it back up. And so this oh nat- this teeny national park makes like 300K or over 300K a summer from dumb people. And they put it all back into maintaining the dunes. And it makes me so happy. Good for them. Right? That's incredible. <laughs> yes. $3,000 though. Can you imagine the embarrassment paired with the expense of like, I can't I get know. my ass back up this hill. Come get me. Oh my I God. Know. That's brutal. So brutal. Oh. The other thing I saw, Anguilla which I don't, I think it's uh, off of the, where's it? Oh, the Caribbean. Um, they make over $3 million a month from people buying .ai domains. Wow. And I just, I'm fascinated by that. So wait, how, what's the connection? Is it because that's the country's that's domain? That's the country. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh my and God. And I think Mark. .co, I think .co is for Columbia. So I don't, uh-huh. I don't know like how the money trail works. This is part of that charter newsletter that just captured all of my attention today. Yeah. But I was reading just because like AI is trending and all these yeah. AI websites and like blogs and stuff. But $3 million a month for this tiny, like that makes me so happy that they're how making all awesome. this revenue. How much are they selling these domains for? I own a dot AI. Maybe I need to sell my shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll forward you because there's like a whole essay on like the, um, it was like the finances behind domain sales or something. Crystal, what's your website? Yeah. It's an old website. You just holding it? Just I, holding I it? still own the domain. I started a website last summer um, about AI, but then I ended up at Jasper shortly after. Oh. So then I sunset. Did you use that in your interview process? Were you like, I own a dot AI? A hundred percent. It was about that. It was a blog. So I, yes, I used it, but, nice. um, yeah, I still own the domain. So maybe I need to sell it. Yeah. Or maybe well, uh, you're supporting a small Island country. Potentially. <laughs> I love that so much. That's the, uh, link to the article. If you want to read it later. Amazing. Yeah, weird, weird findings today. Been a weird, weird Wednesday. Stuff. I love it. Um, so what are we watching, reading, loving right now? Who wants to go mm. first here? Oh, tell us about the Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. So I went and saw the Goo Goo Dolls on Sunday at a very small outdoor venue. It was about, I think they said like 2,400 people. So not a huge crowd, but like a sizable audience. 
And I wasn't sure what to expect because they're older now and like they were big in the 90s and like the 90s was probably a rough period to live through if you're a celebrity. Um, But they sounded really good. I was very surprised. His voice is still very strong. My one complaint is that the co-founder of the band, who was the original singer, sang a couple of songs and it wasn't very good. Um, And the, the vibe of the crowd just completely changed when he was singing because he had this singing voice where he kind of sounds like a Muppet. If anybody has listened to a Goo Goo Dolls album all the way through, I'm, I'm sure they've probably heard it, but it's the contrast of, of the main singer's voice versus his is just so jarring. He kind of sounds like uh, his vocal cords are fried and he's like in a children's Muppet costume is what it I need to go. Like. I, I need know. to hear this. I'm so. I know. I wish I had a clip I could play right now, so you could have the sound. What's in the your song? Ears. What's the song? I'll have to find sing? one after the fact. I'll have to, I'll have to find it. But yeah, my, but overall, um, it was really good. My brother bought us tickets to go see them at Soldier Field this summer, and I ended up Ooh. not being able to go because he and I used to have the album with Iris on it. We'd listen to it every oh, morning so on the good. way to school. That's what they so closed good. with. Yeah. And everybody was just like, oh. You can't yeah. beat that song. No. You really can't. Yeah. That's something I want to talk about really quickly. Okay? So, like, everybody in the audience was feeling this song. And what is it about music that conjures this very specific emotional resonance? When you hear a song, you could tell that everybody in the audience was like in it. They were just feeling that feeling. How do how does music do that? Maybe I maybe I need to understand like music theory better or something. But what a unique phenomenon! I think mm. it's I think it's like when you hear because I'm sure everybody who was there they were like young in the '90s. So when they hear yeah. that song, they're young again. Like that's, I feel like that's what it is. At so least- you think it's the nostalgia pull rather than the, like the emotional, like, oh, I've felt this feeling. I think it's probably both, but I definitely think that it's like either way you're being pulled back to a specific moment that mm. is connected to the song. It's kind of like with a smell, you know, like I, oh, I feel like yeah. a smell, you immediately get pulled back to whatever. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's what it is. My uh, So Alex, one of my partners, he follows this YouTube channel and I'm trying to remember the name of this guy, but he literally dissects like the um, the melody and like the chords of songs and explains why it's so catchy or so memorable and why it elicits like certain Ooh. psychological responses. Um, so I need to find that and we can talk about yes, it next time. Yes, send but, me that. But in terms of like the shared experience thing, 100%. Like, like Krista said, it's like, uh, like the, Magical. the movie, the movie stuff and the TV yeah. show stuff that we talked about last time. It's like everyone has all collectively experienced this song and so many memories you think about when you hear certain songs. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Also though, on the other side of that, there is a song. Do y'all know the story of the song Hook by Blues Traveler? No. no. Okay. So Hook is a song by Blue Shepherd, and it's very good, but it's like um, the whole song is about how it's about nothing. Like if you listen to the lyrics, the lyrics are saying like, I'm making you feel something because of the way I'm using my oh, voice and the music. Interesting. You mm-hmm. should go listen to this. It's my, it's one of my favorite songs. Cause it's like, every time I listen to it, I know in my head, he's not saying anything. But because of the way he's using his voice, because of the music, the melody, like, 
it does elicit like an emotional reaction. So I guess yeah. there and is some truth to that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like it, it's a chicken or the egg situation. Did we learn to feel a certain way because we heard yeah. music growing up and it, and we like saw visuals tied to the specific song. And so it's like, Oh, this is sad. Or is it that we innately feel something emotionally because it's, what, like what you said, played at this particular or sang this particular way and it feel it registers yeah. to us a certain way. That's, I think that's so interesting. And it sounds like it that's is. what Oprah was talking about. I think yeah, both. 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 Like yeah. I have songs that I like that I have no idea what they're saying, but like when the bridge hits, I'm like goosebumps. And then yeah. there are other songs where like because of the way the lyrics are written and also tied to certain melodies, I'm like, this is the song. Like Netflix yeah. told me mm-hmm. about that. Like the yes. line about the the Jameson thing. It, I don't even remember the melody. I couldn't sing it for you, but <laughs> yeah. I remember that line. And yeah. then for that reason, the song stays with me. So yeah. it's like different yeah, totally. puts. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's two different ways to listen to music too. You're mm-hmm. either like a music and emotional resonance person or you are very closely listening to the words. Or if it's really good, you're doing both at the same time. Yeah. yeah but I, it's very different. Yeah. I love that. Okay, sorry. We can Wild. move on now. <laughs> um, what are we what are we watching? What are we watching right now? That's good. Um, so uh <laughs> Himium, that's just a shoe in. But the other day, Austin and I started this documentary on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. Have you guys seen mm-hmm. it before? I, don't I think, think it so. came out a little bit ago. Um, but he is a massive movie person, like would always choose movies over TV. So we started it and it basically, I think it's like 50 to an hour long, 50 minutes to an hour long episodes. Um, and it breaks down like the why, what, how, where, when behind movies. And we only watched the first episode, but the first one was about Dirty Dancing. It is fascinating. Like they talked to whoever, like the person who wrote the script, they talked to the producer, they talked to like all of the people that were in it, um, I think Jennifer Grey was interviewed as well, but mm. it like I love Dirty Dancing, and yeah. it actually like I don't know if you guys know a lot about the history about that movie, but it mm. was turned down by like every single production house at the time because it was written by a female, the producer was female, it was all about literally Dirty Dancing, so it was like not mm-hmm. incredibly popular and it had a, or welcome. Had abortion? No. Yeah. Yes. So that one actually didn't come out as an issue until after it was filmed. <laughs> that they um, they wanted to give it an R rating because of that. Mm-hmm. And the producer and the writer were like, they literally said in the, the episode, they're like, it was weird that they didn't talk about this beforehand because they had approved the script. But I think they were so focused on like the inappropriateness of the dancing. Mm-hmm. It almost got overshadowed yeah. until the scene. But they held firm about that scene because it was such a cornerstone of the plot, like a, such a big mm-hmm. part of her story, Jennifer, baby's story. Um, but the funny thing is the uh, the production house that picked it up was called Walton Video. And it was similar to like a blockbuster type place, but they were trying to differentiate. So they went into production. They had shitty scripts come through. And what they were doing is they were getting boxes and boxes of rejected scripts from like all the big production houses. Um, and Dirty Dancing was in there. So one oh. night, whoever was like, I don't remember the person who was in charge of approving scripts. They read Dirty Dancing and it had like coffee stains on it and it was all crinkled up. And they called the writer and they're like, we want to do this. So they That's they had, wild. I think, a $4 million budget at the time, which was like pennies. Um, and they ended up filming the resort was in 
North Carolina. And then all the scenes with the cabins, like the staff cabins were actually Mm -hmm. in like Tennessee, but they ended up bringing a lot of like the lanterns and like all the decorations to make it seem like it was one location. I, I just geek out about like the logistics of movies and TV shows and like behind the scenes and all that stuff. Like Krista, I'm sure you have a lot of experience with that, but I would definitely watch it. Season two of the how the movies that made us goes in through all the Halloween movies. So we want to watch oh, that one this month. Um, the uh, like classic Halloween and all those things. So if you like movies, I would definitely watch it. Yeah. Okay. Instant yeah, watch. For definitely. sure. Yeah, also, yeah. can we just talk about Patrick Swayze, Swayze dancing? I mean, I've never seen a man move like that before or after. I know. <laughs> yeah. No one else can if do he that. He was pretty hot. Yeah. Can't. So he was classically trained in ballet. You can tell. Interesting. Yeah. You can tell from the way he holds his body. Him and Jennifer Gray did not get along. I was going to say, they the time. They had a lot of film, a lot of back behind the stage film of them like literally yelling at each other. What was their problem? I I feel like they had, because they worked together in a movie before. And I think Patrick Swayze was with his, I don't know if they were married at the time, but his, um, his partner at that point okay. when they were filming Dirty Dancing, but I don't know if they were together with the previous movie. And I have a feeling that, I don't know, this is conjecture, but that they, something happened between them in the previous movie. And then, because Jennifer Grey was chosen first for Dirty Dancing. Okay. Like they saw her headshot and they were like done, but they were trying to find a male that was trained in dancing to be her opposite. So when mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze came across the table, she was like, no. I don't want wow. it. It took, it took them weeks to convince her to say yes. Wow. Whoa. So I don't know what happened between them, but I'd love there, to There's a scene in the movie where he, it's like the montage where he's teaching her to dance or whatever. And he, you see him getting frustrated with her and it's real. Like he's really yeah. getting frustrated with her and is like super annoyed. Uh, it's yeah. so fascinating because they had insane chemistry in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they were actually going to oh. cut that scene, but the director really? chose to keep it. Oh, yeah. All the montages of them, like, practicing with them, like, actually bickering is all real. Because the director was actually about to get fired because he couldn't manage that their, their animosity. So he was like, let's just include it. Just keep it in there. And so he ended up, they ended up keeping him on. And then, obviously, they won a gazillion awards. So, yeah. Good choice. Good That's incredible. What a good yeah. backstory. I feel like not every movie. Yeah has a backstory like that. Love that. Um, A few quick things on my list. I'm about to finish my Ben Franklin biography, the one by Walter Isaacson. I love his super thick biographies. I also read um, the Einstein one and a couple others, Um, but I'm loving Ben Franklin so much that I think I'm going to be him for Halloween (laughs) in a surprising choice. I feel like I usually go for something very beautiful and glamorous and a reason for me to wear a lot of makeup. But this year, I think I'm going to lean into the Ben Franklin and just really go for it. So are you going to do like sexy Ben Franklin? Oh, for sure. I'm just going to flirt with everybody in sight. Just everybody in sight. I just Googled sexy Ben Franklin. I would definitely That's recommend. That's the only version of Ben Franklin. Is sexy Ben Franklin. I mean, is there a Kelly, is there a costume that's like sexy Ben Franklin? Uh-huh. Is he like showing his knickers out of his pants? His well, it's it's just like a woman it's a a woman's costume but 
you gotta have you gotta have the bald. You, you gotta head. have the hair. So in a way, yeah. like, how can short dress, tall boots, and then bald head coexist? <laughs> you like Kaylee that is gonna is be Kaylee's gonna be paving a whole new trail for us. I oh I think gosh. it probably will not be very sexy, but I'm fine with that. I'm not trying to over sexualize Ben Franklin. I'm just letting him do his thing and be out in the world. So we'll see how that goes. Oh um, my God. I also am obsessed with the song Bongos by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. I can't get out of my head. So congrats to them for planting that seed and just it's a banger. It's on, it's on a loop over and over and over. Probably late to the game on that one. And also late to the game on season four of The Center. I just started that last night, produced by Jessica Beale. She's in season one. If you haven't seen season one, it is the perfect um, spooky, like, mystery thriller for October. And she's very good. She's so underrated. I feel like Jessica Beale does not get enough credit for her talents. So I'm just here to shout out Jessica Beale. Perfect. Yeah. It's the only reason you're here. Um, That's it. Can we re-return to the... Sexy Ben Franklin and recall that episode of The Office. Did yes. we forget? Did we You're forget? Saucy. Yep. So, just for our listeners, picture that. Yes. With oh Kaylee's costume. I when they cannot. get Phyllis a stripper for her thing, and it's Ben Franklin, and all he's do there is to do is reciting facts. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna spout facts. You're gonna have a scroll. And wait for people. Yeah, wait for people to quiz me about who was the president and when it's my birthday. And Just imagining you opening a scroll with your little glasses. Yeah. Someone's like, hey, Kaylee, how are you? And you're like, in 1874. <laughs> start reading. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. That's the move for this Halloween. So, so how do you take my idea? So good. I, I'm tempted. You might be. I can see. I mean, it is a tempting costume. I already have idea. my costume. Good. What is it? Can you tell us? Yeah, it's uh, like a disco girly. I'm Ooh, repurposing okay. old items. Nice. Okay. So stand by. I have to collect the okay. accessories, but I should cool. be ready in a couple weeks. That's exciting. Yeah. Like that. Krista, are you going to dress up this year? I don't know. I will likely have a, uh, a fresh newborn by Halloween, so I don't. <laughs> I don't really know. Your costume will be fresh, a new mother, uh, fresh newborn. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so excited, babies. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you're reading Untamed, and now you're on the Glennon Doyle train. Per yes. your Instagram story. Yes. So I just, man, I used to make so much fun of her and. <coughs> others like her. So like, even like Brene, like the, the whole gang, I just was like, can't really do their, like the way they talk and the flowery, flowery language. And it just felt fake. And for whatever reason, I feel like the people who were most into them, like that I would see on social media were people I went to high school with who ran MLMs. And so I was just like, mm. I don't like know what this vibe is. Oh God. <laughs> But I can't remember what made me even, like, pick up this book. Um, but I started reading Untamed, and I was like, this is actually really good. And it's actually, like, making me feel all the things and making me laugh. And it's just so good. And I was like, okay, I get it. Um, have y'all read it before? 
Yes. Okay. Kaylee. I like you though. The cover is like pink and glittery and it's like, ugh. I saw the cover and I was like, gross. Yeah. I opened it and she immediately starts ripping on like past versions of herself. Like her, the, the previous book that she wrote and like the things that she taught to people, she was like, fuck all of that. (laughs) I don't know what I was trying to convince myself of, but it wasn't real. And I don't believe that anymore. And I'm going to try to do better. And I was like, wow, I respect that so much. That's the other thing is I think I did try to read her other book, Love Warrior, which is about, it was when she was still like super, super traditional Christian and her, she was like talking about how she saved her marriage or whatever to that Mm -hmm. guy. And so then this book is all about how she decided to end her marriage and fell in love with Abby. What's her face? Uh, Soccer Abby. I'll just call her. Um, (laughs) Soccer Abby. (laughs) Soccer Abby. And then just like, yeah, how she just like stopped giving a shit. And Mm. just, I don't know. It just is, it's so good. Especially like as someone who is about to be a mom, like, I feel like something that I've really struggled with is this whole like idea of I'm giving up like this old lifestyle and all these opportunities and like potential with this new phase. But reading this book, she really like has fought against that and like fought against the idea that like you have to be a martyr for your kid. And that in fact, like maybe it's better for your kid to see you be your full self versus like some watered down version of yourself. Um, oh yeah. It just, is, I don't know. It just, it, it hit hard uh, in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's good. It's very I'm, good. I'm now on the train. I'm now on the, the Glennon Doyle train. Should yeah. I jump on? Probably. Yeah. I have so many unread books, you guys. (laughs) It's a quick read. I think it goes pretty fast. It's very, it's it's pretty breezy. Okay. Yeah. Breezy, beautiful cover girl. Cover girl. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Lightning round questions. Um, What is the place you need or want to go before you die? This is a good one. Yes. Allie, you go first. I put this in here, so I want to hear y'all's answers. Put the... (sighs) Do you need never, a second to think about yes, it? Yes. Everywhere. Okay, I want to go everywhere. Does that okay, count? Okay. Is that an answer? Mm, it not, is. Mm. I mean, yeah. It's okay. in theory an answer, but I'm not going to accept it. I need you to pick a place. All right. <laughs> First thing that comes to mind, and this is by far, no. I will. This will never be, I will never have a, have a satisfactory answer for this. Mm-hmm. On my deathbed, I will say, I wish I went X, Y, Z. Um, I've always wanted to see the Northern Lights. Ooh. I just, I don't know why, but it's just been like, something that's been, I don't know, niggling at the back yeah. of my brain lately. That's but. a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. So I saw you pose this question on Twitter, Krista, and I saw a lot of interesting answers. And then I saw that Ronnie Higgins, shout out to Ronnie, was like, I don't really think that there's anywhere I want to go. And that was my initial reaction too. I've been a lot of places already and I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly. I think I would like to go to a like insanely beautiful beach, like Tahiti, Bora Bora. That is appealing to me. I've done a version of that before, but I I think that that's if I had to pick somewhere, that's probably where I would pick because that feels very um, like like 
the ultimate place to go. But I also, I think if I had to pick one other place, I'd like to go like to Norway, to the fjords or Mm. somewhere just very quiet and unpopulated and very just makes you feel small. So that's, those are my two answers. The fjords. The fjords. They'll welcome you with open arms if you pronounce it like that. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sure they love that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. What about you, Krista? Um, mine is, I think, a little nerdy, but I really, really, really want to go to Pompeii. Like, I want to see the nerdy volcano. It's not of nerdy. It all. <laughs> I think so. Listen, um, I took four years of Latin in high school, and we watched the Pompeii movie about twenty-seven times. So I've always <laughs> wow. wanted to see that too. Yes. Did you like Impressive. it? I was a little disappointed with the Pompeii movie. I was like very excited to see it because I've always been very fascinated, but I didn't like that. I movie. mean, it, it, I took that class for a very strategic reason, and that was because it was incredibly easy. So I, I will not, I don't remember a lot of the educational okay. experience Fair. of it, but Fair. I have always been intrigued by that culture. So plus yeah. one, it's your idea. Yeah. 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 Just the fact that like, what? Like a whole city was preserved? What? And you can like yeah. still see. Well, and they're still the digging people. it out. Yeah. Like what the fuck? But then I also heard, um, I don't know if this, is, if this is even true, but I heard that like it's starting to kind of go away. Like it's start, like some of the Probably. stuff that was preserved is starting to like deteriorate or whatever. Oh no. And so now I'm like, I'm going to miss Urgency. it. Urgency. Yeah. 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 Anyway. I can't believe, Uh-oh. like, I, there, the pyramids. I want to go to South Africa. I want to go yeah. to Japan. I want to go to Russia. Probably not anytime soon, but, like, why yeah. not? Like, I don't want, I want to do all the things. Well, of course. Yeah. There's, like, more places I want to go. But, like. I'm more at, talking about Kaylee. Oh, interesting. See, I think my thing is, I think I've become very frustrated and jaded by the reality of travel and how taxing it is physically and how things can go wrong. And it's it's Mm -hmm. such a big piece of traveling that I think it gets minimized a lot. But the reality of it is it's it's pretty grueling sometimes. And as much as I love getting out of my comfort zone and seeing parts of the world, I don't know. I think I I, maybe it's just a life stage thing. I'm just kind of like maybe. I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't feel a strong pull to it like I did in my 20s, which I did a lot of that traveling in my 20s. Um, Mm. And so I think I kind of scratched that itch and maybe it will come back or maybe I'll be like, oh, I can just watch Rick Steves on PBS (laughs) and be just fine and be in my sweatpants. I don't know. That seems sad to say out loud, but. No, that's, I get it. I totally get it. I really like to be comfortable. Like I really like, I can't do, like, oh, I'm going to go to this place and not have air conditioning or creature comforts and just, it'll still be And valuable. the food is weird. Like, I can't. And I can't yeah. understand anyone. And it's hard. It's hard. It's it is hard. hard. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good practice, though, to get you out of your comfort zone. I, yes. I'm not saying I discredit any of that because it's very valuable. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I'm moving in an opposite direction. I swear I'm becoming like more chill as I get older and it's baffling me. I love that for you. Yeah. Well, I, I let anxiety like rule my life in my early 20s. I missed out on some cool shit because I was like too anxious. So now I'm like, mm. okay. Now, I mean, I don't know. Ask me in a few more years when I circle back. But right now I'm like, do everything. Yeah. I like that. That's good. That's good for you. That's yeah. good energy to Stand have. by. Stand by. Yeah. All right. What's the okay. second question? Yeah, final lightning round. What is your go-to lazy dinner? Nothing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just go without cereal. <laughs> Something super easy or just nothing. nothing. Truly nothing. Something okay. in the fridge, maybe leftovers. What about you, Krista? Um, DoorDash. Like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I cycle what, through. What would you DoorDash? I usually cycle through my favorite burger place, which is called Biggie's, the best smash burger ever. Um, or like pizza or. Mm. Are you on the Torches train as much as Alex is? No. I mean. Loves Torchies. It talks about it all the time. So there's like Torchies versus Taco Deli, I feel like, in Austin. Mm. And I'm way more on the Taco Deli train of the two. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Torchies I guess I would get Chipotle. Chipotle's That's an easy one. Yeah, Chipotle's yeah. A, a fave. Um, also, Kava is a fave. Mm. Yeah. Love Greek bowls. Those are good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't have DoorDash really as an option, living in the middle of nowhere. So I guess mine would just be like soup is always a go-to. Um, or just like a bowl with rice. on. It's kind of Chipotle, like rice, a bunch of veggies, and a piece of grilled chicken or something mm-hmm. that I'm just like, eh, just throw it in a bowl. It's yeah. fine. Nothing fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Not a very exciting answer, but yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, I think that that wraps us for today. So, yes. Yeah. Good chat, chat y'all. guys. All Final right. cheers. 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 Awesome. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.